Welcome to the Love and Light Live podcast, empowering crystal lovers and spiritual entrepreneurs to learn and experience the art of crystal healing. Get ready to listen in and join our crystal movement. Hello, welcome. Thank you so much for joining me for the Love and Light Live podcast brought to you by loveandlightschool.com. I, of course, am your host, Ashley Levy, and this podcast is the number one place for all things crystals. In today's show, I'm interviewing the amazing Ethany. You may be familiar with Ethany because of her work with tarot. She is probably one of the most well-known resources on the planet for information about tarot, for tarot reading certifications. She's phenomenal. I've been following her for quite some time and was thrilled to get to speak with her in today's interview all about tarot and the moon. We also talk about some common misconceptions about tarot and some other amazing things that I know you're going to be excited for. Even if you're not super into tarot cards, I promise this interview is jam-packed full of amazing stuff. So without further ado, I'll go ahead and play our interview. Hi, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of the Love and Light Live podcast. I am so ecstatic to be interviewing the amazing Ethany. Ethany helps tarot professionals build successful heart-centered businesses through business coaching and tarot certification, which is one of the reasons I really wanted to have her on the podcast today. I feel like we're really kindred spirits in our missions and the type of work that we are here to do on this earth. Ethany is a mother, a practicing eclectic witch, the creator of many popular tarot and oracle card decks, including the Bad Bitches Tarot you may have heard of. She's also the headmistress of the Tarot Readers Academy and so many more amazing accomplishments. So, Ethany, thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you so much for having me. Now, I've listened to a number of interviews with you before, and I know that you kind of get asked this question a lot, but how did everything start for you with tarot? I found the tarot through my practice in the craft. So I found witchcraft, uh, paganism, and Wicca when I was in high school. I was 15, um, and I'm aging myself here, but the craft was very popular. I love that movie still. (laughs) And I actually was doing... um, research for an English paper and I came across this book called The Learned Arts of Witches and Wizards and I still have that book and it talked about nature and the connection with the natural rhythms of the moon and the sun and the seasons and the mystical arts and I'd always been absolutely fascinated by all of those things and I just felt like I came home, I found home and how accepting and open that practice is And then as you start to build your tools up, tarot was one that I found while I was also working in a shop that sold cards. And I still also have that deck to this day. And I just, it was a language that clicked because tarot really is a language. And it just, it's the most amazing thing that connects me to my higher self, my spirit guides. Um, yeah, it claps back at me at times, keeping <laughs> me on the straight and narrow, um, or keeping me out of too much trouble. Uh, but I found it through my my spirituality first, and then it has become the main tool that I use throughout my life. 
You know, that really brings us to my next question, actually, because you're, you know, the way you're describing it is this started for you just on this path of spiritual self-discovery. And it was one of the tools that you discovered along the way. And so how can the rest of us as modern mystics, as seekers of spirit, really incorporate tarot as part of our spiritual practice? Tarot, oracle cards, any form of cartomancy, so using cards in any way, um, I really find is a beautiful conversation, a beautiful exchange. So one thing that I find is very helpful, if you're working on a goal or you have something you're trying to achieve or an energy you want to set for yourself for the day, grab your favourite deck. You don't have to know it very well. It doesn't have to be one that, you know, that is super popular, just grab the deck that you feel the most connected to. And in the morning, give that deck a shuffle, ask yourself, ask the cards, take some deep breaths and say, what action can get me further towards my goal or what next action should I take? Or what energy am I being asked to be, to focus on today and pull just one card and in that way, you're actually becoming a partner with the universe, with your higher self, your spirit guides to move yourself forward. So you're becoming an active participant in your own spiritual awakening and journey. And I found that has led to so many breakthroughs because every little small step adds up to the big steps where we start seeing massive change happen. That is so true. And to those of you listening, I just have to say from personal experience, I've found this to be a really transformative way to work with cards in my own spiritual practice and in my own just kind of day-to-day routine. I won't necessarily pull a card or a few cards every single day, but it is something that comes up quite frequently for me and that I really enjoy. And I feel like the more you kind of get used to this idea of making it quick and simple and something that doesn't have to feel intimidating, especially if you're first starting out just by asking that one question, that one little, um, you know, peek into some guidance for your day, it is so, so powerful and really does help you kind of take the reins and, create a little bit more partnership with the universe. And so thank you, Ethany. That's a beautiful idea. You're most welcome. I find that it's it's the little things that really do help. Like I am such a ritual baby. Like I love <laughs> me the bells and whistles and the statues and the incense and all that yummy stuff. Like I adore it. I think that's one of the reasons why I love the craft so much. I love witchcraft so much. But, you know, we are busy people. In the morning, if you can just take that five seconds or, and it disrupts the autopilot, right? Like when we, especially when we're really stressed or we've got a lot to do or it's, you know, people are dragging our energy a million different ways. If we just stop the, the rabbit, <laughs> like that hamster <laughs> wheel for five seconds, it's pulling our energy back into ourselves so we can get re-centered and, and re-calming and reconnecting. So I think it's, it's just such a powerful um, thing to do. And those times where you do feel too busy or too stressed, like you were saying, those are really truly the times where you need that in your life the most. You need that moment of stillness and reconnection. So um, this, yeah, this, if you aren't already doing this, this is such a great tip. 
Let me ask you this, Ethany. What's one common misconception that you've found through your work with so many different people in coaching and certification and tarot? What's a common misconception that you find a lot of people have about working with tarot cards? There are so many of them. You and I could be on here for a <laughs> long time, but I find there's two that still, for some reason, we just cannot seem to kick it. The first one is that you can't buy your own tarot deck. You must be gifted it, and that is <laughs> utter BS. Please go buy the deck that you are drawn to. You need to work with it. As I said, it's a language. It's a language of symbols of art. Um, And oftentimes we are supporting artists with these amazing indie decks that are out there. So you can totally buy your own decks. I bought hundreds of them. (laughs) I'm not kidding. Um, So nothing's (laughs) going to happen. I hate to interrupt, but do you know where that superstition came from? Because I own a new age shop as well in my like other part of my life. And Mm -hmm. this is something that I still have a lot of my customers. I overhear them, you know, kind of talking about or going back and forth. Oh, I really love this deck, but I can't buy it for myself because the tarot deck has to be a gift. Where does that come from or originate? Does anyone know? know, It was probably written in some book in the blinking sixties or something. And it has (laughs) just dogged us, dogged us the entire time. I don't know. I should actually put on my like sleuthing (laughs) my sleuth my Sherlock Holmes um cap and and find out because it is an enduring one and it's frustrating um the tarot group that I run on Facebook has got nearly 18,000 people in it and that question comes up quite a lot still and um the the second so that one was you can't buy your own deck and the second one is you can't read for yourself don't read your tarot for yourself or Mm -hmm. you can't because it won't work and uh I I've written uh, a number of pieces on when you should and should not read the tarot from my view. And if it's uh, something where you can't be objective, yeah, it's not going to work for you. Don't definitely don't read the cards for yourself, but it depends on how you use the tool. If it's for ritual, if it's for counseling or coaching or self-reflection or journaling, creative writing, problem solving, or even if you want to have a quick, like, how's my day going to go? Totally read for yourself. It's when we start to do the real, you know, life is getting real, <laughs> life is getting hard, I can't make the forest the trees, that's when it's like, okay, maybe go get a reading with somebody else. But you should absolutely read for yourself because how else are you going to learn the, the, the tarot anyway? That's so true. And I know that you're blowing people's minds right now with just all the ways that you listed that tarot can be incorporated into your day-to-day life, like journaling. And I know that there's a few of you out there listening going, how do I do that? I want to know more about that. So you'll have to check out Ethany's website, which we will be um, giving you all the details for at the end of the interview. So please, please stay tuned for that so you don't miss out on any of this goodness. Now, I have to know one last question before we move on to our main topic today, which is tarot and the moon or the lunar energies. What is one thing that you personally wish you would have known sooner about tarot? That you are going to be addicted to it for the rest of your life and all of your money is going to go to tarot decks. <laughs> True. True. I swear I work for just the exchange of decks. Um, I mean, that's half joke, but I literally do. um, I just love it uh, from, I feel like even if it's a deck that I may not work with all the time, it's like carrying around a little art gallery. It's carrying around somebody's interpretation of the book of life. 
And that is no small thing. So I have a lot of decks. Um, I mean, really, I think the thing I wish I'd known before is that allow it to take time. Allow yourself to take time to learn it um, because it's going to change as you change, as you grow. You know, I, the Empress meant something very different to me before I got pregnant and had a son and became a mother myself. And then experience my friends have difficulties getting pregnant and some of them, you know, unable to. So life changes and then the archetypes around the tarot change and allow it to because it is the book of life. It is a reflection of our collective experience. So don't be in such a rush, I guess, would be the one thing to know everything about it because it's going to continuously surprise you anyway. I love that analogy with the book of life in so many ways. Um, whenever I'm doing a reading, whether it's for myself or someone else, I almost think of it as if I'm telling a story. You know, the cards are telling a story and you're pulling together all these different pieces and finding out who the characters are and what the plot is. And and that's very much, like you were saying, influenced by your personal experience and your your life path, your life experiences. So I'm glad that you said that. I think some people get a little too um, restricted in their viewpoints about what cards uh, can or should mean. And so I really like that you're kind of giving people permission to allow that to change and fluctuate as life goes on. Yeah. And it absolutely, it absolutely will. And it does. And it's, and as new artists come across these archetypes and and interpret them in different ways. And as our socio-political landscape changes, so too will the archetypes of the tarot and it's, um, yeah, it's, it's an amazing, it's a pretty much an amazing gift. We've been given many gifts <laughs> and tarot for me, I feel is definitely one of them. So true. Anthony, I could talk to you about these things literally all day because I would love to pick your brain about tarot, but let's go ahead and dig into our main topic today, which is tarot and the moon. So how can these two things work together and why would we really want to do this in the first place? So this very much speaks to my witchy roots, um, working closely with the moon. Um, I use the tarot and the moon as a connected couple. And the reason why I do that is it allows me to get my focus for the month, for the moon cycle and figure out how best to use the energies of the moon cycles to my advantage. Because it's like the universe says, I'm going to give you the best time of year to do X, Y, Z. And you can say, no, no thanks, and let it pass you by, or you can harness it and really make it work for you. So I'll, I'll give you an example. So at the beginning of the moon phase, we have the new moon and the new moon falls on uh, an astrological sign every month. And those signs hold, as you know, energies. They hold elemental deacons, they hold different types of energies. And we can work with those energies along with the tarot and see where best our, our focus should be. If there's something that we should actually put off maybe for the next moon phase, how we can work with the universe to set our goals. And because as we as the moon's strength grows to the full moon, and if anyone listening works with magic, you can then work your magic to the full moon or work on the full moon with your magic. Working with the tarot up until the full moon will allow you to interweave that into 
your practice. So you're basically going, here's my goal or here's what I want to achieve right at the beginning. And at the full moon, you're like, this is the power punch for the month, uh, for the, the remaining cycle for this to actually manifest. So it's becoming a manifesting partner really with the universe. This is so interesting to me right now. I literally just this morning um, finished up my most recent book and it's all about working with crystals and the phases of the moon and the moon when it's in different zodiac signs. So the fact that tarot can also be applied to these same principles of lunar energy is really exciting for me because I think the more we can see how all of these tools are related and interconnected, the broader our understanding of the universe around us becomes. Mm -hmm. Um, So can you give an example maybe of just say, um, even if there's anything recently in your own life or for a client you worked with or anything where you made a connection between the tarot and uh, the lunar energy being in one particular sign and how this kind of played out? Yeah, absolutely. So we have, um, I work with the moon quite a lot. I work with the moon every, (laughs) every month. Um, so it's, for me, it's, it's a big, uh, part of my, my spiritual practice, but we just had the new moon in Scorpio, uh, earlier on this month in November when we're recording it. And that is on Wednesday, it was on a Wednesday, which is a, a day, um, you know, so it's a midweek day. It's got that, and Wednesday has its own energy as well. Um, but I find that even doing specific tarot readings for my clients on those days are very interesting and very helpful. So on a new moon uh, in Scorpio, I was doing some past life readings because Scorpio talks about death transition. It talks about transcendence. It's it is the death card in the tarot, yeah. um, and it's a beautiful gateway to be able to tap into past life readings. So that was a really um, interesting day to be able to say, oh, I've got, I've got a bunch of readings for clients. I'm going to put aside those readings for that day and carry them out in a, the sign, the new moon in Scorpio, um, when the moon is at its darkest and, in, and in it's the space of renewal and the tarot is in the death station. So, yeah, that's something like that is a way that you can definitely connect the dots. I love that. Thank you for sharing that really kind of practical, tangible example for how this would apply in a real life situation. I think that helps everyone kind of um, piece it together a little bit more. Ethany, oh my gosh, I am just, I really could talk to you all day. I'm loving this, but I know that you're a busy, busy person with all the amazing things you have going on. Speaking of which, can you tell us about some of your latest projects, where people can find you online and how they can stay in touch? Absolutely. So something that if you've enjoyed or you want to learn more about working with the moon, I actually have a free guide that I put out every year called Tarot by the Moon. And I have tarot spreads for every new moon and every full moon throughout the year. It's a 30-page printable, you can print it out, uh, freebie. And you can find that over at ethany.com. And if you have a problem trying to find it, you can find me at Ethany on Instagram. You DM me, honey, I will send you that link. No problem. <laughs> you can find me on Facebook at Ethany Tarot. Um, and you can find me at the tarotreadersacademy.com. Uh, but certainly it'll help for those people who want to use the energies of the moon. This is like one of my the biggest things I sort of do for the, the community every year for free. 
Um, you know, what, what would what's better than to go, oh, this is the moon of how to work with dream magic. Oh, this is the moon I can use to work on mastering my relationships. Oh, this is the moon that is great for money magic, you know, and, and those are some of the things I talk about in the guide. And those spreads that you share in that guide and on Instagram are phenomenal. So definitely give Ethany a follow. We'll have links to all of her websites as well as her social channels on the page that accompanies this podcast. So be sure to check them out. Um, and I do want to give a shout out as well. Ethany has a great quiz on her website to find out your tarot reader personality, which is pretty fun if you want to give that a try. So Ethany, thank you again so much for taking the time to be here with us and share all of your amazing tarot wisdom. Thank you so much for having me. That, of course, was the amazing Ethany. I hope that you enjoyed listening to that interview as much as I did the second time through, and I hope that you found a lot of value in today's show. If you want more information about anything I discussed in this episode, as always, you can learn more over on the website at loveandlightschool.com slash blog. And if you did enjoy the show today, you love the guests we've been having on, the biggest compliment you can give me is to leave a quick rating and review over at loveandlightschool.com slash iTunes. And while you're there, don't forget to subscribe through that link as well so you never miss a future episode. That brings us to the end of this episode of the Love and Light Live podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Levy of the Love and Light School of Crystal Therapy, and I'll be back with you in our next episode. Until then, crystal blessings. The Love and Light Live podcast is a production of the Love and Light School of Crystal Therapy. Visit us online at loveandlightschool.com.